Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> Once again, it is Monday night, <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That could only mean one thing. It is time for the best sports show on the Internet right now. You are locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. The phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. This is an interactive show. We ask that you not just listen to the show, be a part of the show, participate in tonight's discussion. A couple of ways you can do that, you can log into the chat room. Our chat room is always open and interactive. Just create a profile for yourself and participate in tonight's discussion. You can also hit us up, join us on Twitter. Uh, If you're on Twitter, follow us at Dead End Sports. You can also follow us individually. You can follow Ken at K-B-I-N-G-E. You can follow B. At BZ430. You can follow FIFO at FEEFO247. And you can follow me, 12 Kyle, the number one, two, K Y L E. Remember, this show is being broadcast live normally each and every Tuesday night. Tonight is a special Monday night edition uh, because we did not want to compete with the uh, NBA Finals. Uh, but in the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com. Backslash Dead End Sports. You can also catch us on Stitcher. If you have uh, a Android or iPhone, just go download the Stitcher application for free. Uh, search Dead End Sports, and you can listen at home or on the go at your leisure. Uh, you can also catch us, like I said, on BlogTalkRadio.com. Backslash Dead End Sports. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about, man. Sports is, is definitely fun filled tonight. Uh, we're gonna bring it to you live, raw and uncut. Uh, if you're on the Google Hangout, we will be on the Google Hangout. Uh, we're going to get on the air in just a few minutes. Um, hit us up, 646-478-0356. Um, like I said, man, we got a lot of sports to talk about. Uh, this is a special Tuesday night edition of the Dead End Sports Show. Once again, the reason why we're doing it tonight is because we don't want to compete with the NBA Finals on tomorrow night as Game 3 will kick off tomorrow night between the San Antonio Spurs and the defending champion Miami Heat. Um, like I said, a lot of stuff we're going to cover tonight. We're going to talk about uh, <laughs> Cramp Gate, uh, AC Gate, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so hit us up, 646-478-0356. So without further ado, let's get tonight's show started, man. Um First, before we get started, I want to bring in, of course, you guys, you, you know my co-host. Uh, once again, I am your host, 12 Kyle. Uh, my co-hosts need no introduction, but I'm going to introduce them anyway. First and foremost, uh, the beat maker of the crew, hailing from the D. You know him. You love him. My man, BB. What's going on, man? Uh. 
Can you hear me now? You, you, okay, you, okay, you yeah, I just, I just okay. got you. Okay, go I, ahead and give a shout-out. I, I just want to give a shout-out to Modest Media, man. You know, he got uh, married to his wonderful queen, Naomi, this weekend. Uh, I was blessed no. to be a part of the uh, part of the wedding party. I had a great time. Before everybody came out, you know, the, you know, the, the Daddy Hip Hop crew came out and represented, man. It was, it was, it was a great time. It was nice. So, shout out to Modest Media. Make sure you check out his website, immodestmedia.com. Hey, there it is. There it is. Hey, shout out to Modest Media, man. Rod, good dude. Congratulations to him and his wife. Uh, many, many years of happiness and pure wedding bliss. Uh, also, got to bring in the point guard of the crew, my man FIFO. FIFO, what's good, man? Yo, what's good, Kai? Chilling, chilling, man. What's happening? Not much, man. Hey, everybody, uh, look, already. We already gave the congrats to, to Rod, so I'm not going to get into it. You know, I wish them many years of love and happiness as well. But um, go check out uh, my new Instagram page, FIFO the Barber, F-E-E-F-O the Barber, man. Your, your, your boy cutting heads now, so so check your boy out. Okay, okay, FIFO the Barber, that's what's up, that's what's up. And last but not least, we got to bring in uh, Professor X of the crew, my man Ken. Ken, what's good? Hey, what's good, y'all, man? Just trying to uh, also uh, get us back up and running on Google Hangouts, man. You know, I got to get my engineering on, too, man. I, so uh, so just working through some, some little troubleshooting uh, steps here and there. But we'll, we'll, we'll get this thing going. But um, looking forward to tonight, man. Uh, got a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah, man. We got so much to talk about, man. We, we pass the word if you're listening. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend that Dead End Sports is back on the air again. Again, the phone number to call in, area code 34, excuse me, <laughs> area code 646, I do that every week, area code 646-478-0356. Um, man, I guess we need to start with game one. I mean, first and foremost, I got to say, it goes without saying that the finals have been uh, as good as advertised up until this point. Um, you got the two best teams in the league, uh, the Western Conference representing San Antonio Spurs and the Eastern Conference winners, uh, the Miami Heat, the, the two-time defending champion, uh, Miami Heat. Um, so let's start there, man. Game one, uh, unless you've been hiding under a rock, uh, mysteriously the AC went out in the building in the uh, arena where the San Antonio Spurs play. Um before I'm going to start with you, man, with no AC in the arena, should game one have been played? Why or why not? Um, honestly, here's the thing. Once the game started, I think that you had to finish the game. Obviously, they, they already started. So um, if the AC wasn't working prior to the game, I think that it should have, you know, really been discussed to maybe, you know, postponing the game, especially, you know, being in San Antonio, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in June, it's hot out here, man, so, you know, uh, they were saying that, that, the, that it was almost 90 degrees on the court, so, you know, me and B could definitely talk to that, because we, you know, outdoors here in Atlanta, and it's like 90-something, so, I know how it is, man, so, you know, just seeing LeBron and, and all them guys just sweating as hard as they were. It, it ain't no joke. It ain't no joke. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but the game started. So I think it's kind of hard to stop the game in the middle of it and, and, and say, oh, you know, we're going to finish it out at another time. So, 
Um, you know, with okay, but let, said, me, let me ask you this, FIFO. Mm-hmm. What about leading up to the game? Because, I mean, it wasn't before the game started, they knew that the AC was off. So let me rephrase that. Should the game have mm-hmm. even been played knowing that, you know, that the AC wasn't working prior, you know, 90 minutes before tip? I think that they should have considered it um, as a player, especially, you know, once you get to that level, I probably wouldn't have wanted to play. Um, j- j- just because, you know, that that's it's not an advantage for either team because both teams had to play under those conditions. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, I, I can tell you this. I'd rather play in an AC-conditioned gym than, you know, playing in a non-AC-conditioned gym, you know, um, especially at 90-some degrees. You know, that's, that's, that's just... That's kind of absurd, especially for a professional uh, sporting event. But you know, I, 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 you know, I don't know the powers that be. I, I, I don't know, you know, how they came to the decision to play on. But um, you know, I, I don't, I don't completely disagree with it. You know, at, at the end of the day, everybody that that that's made the NBA, you don't play it outside, you don't play it inside, you don't play on tile, concrete, you know, asphalt. It don't matter, man. When you love basketball that much, you don't play it in every type of condition. Um, but unfortunately, in the finals, you know, it, that, that's kind of tough. But, you know, I, I, I'm not for it or against it. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Um, what, what about you, B? What's your take on it? Should the game have been played? Yeah, I think the game should have still been played. I mean, from a business standpoint, you got a lot of TV revenue. That's, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of money that's being made on here. And, you know, plus... I was just going to say what people said. We've been playing. I mean, I know when I played ball in my high school years, we our gym didn't have no AC, so it was like, so it was kind of like normal. I'm pretty sure LeBron growing up in you know Akron, you know, and then some of them gyms probably didn't have you know AC growing up. You know what I'm saying? So you know, of course, he probably got used to the air conditioning that's in the professional league. Of course, and it's professional. It's unacceptable in, in, in the NBA finals at that, but. I mean, for the most part, yeah, they should still play. I mean, they once again, they 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 are professional athletes. They are conditioned up to to go to play basketball within these conditions. Even though, yeah, we're talking about Texas, San Antonio, but I feel mm-hmm. like the game should have went on. They should have they should have sucked it up and played. I mean, I you know I don't want to sound too old schoolers, but they played like <laughs> this and, and back in the days. Some of these gyms didn't have um, AC and they was playing these high gyms, but you know, professional. They they still played through it, and you know. It is what it is. I I I don't. I didn't have no problem with them still playing the gym. I, I I feel sorry for the people that were sitting in that arena, you know, and had to sit in there right. and fan themselves the whole two and a half hours. But you know, me watching in my little comfortable couch and in the AC, I was straight. But you know, other than that, yeah, I'm glad the game went on. And you know, it was just too much money to be made for that game for them not to have it to cancel it like that. So yeah. What about you, Ken? What's your take on it? Should the game have been played in San Antonio? Uh, that night. Uh, man, I don't know. This is this is kind of difficult because um, I think you you want to make sure that even though both teams play the game on equal uh, equal footing because they both have to play, you know, in the weather, um, in, in those environments, I still think that. Uh, you want to make sure that you have a game that that isn't tainted in any way. And unfortunately, this is one of those games that ended up being tainted because of, you know, LeBron obviously having to, to leave the, um, 
you know, leave the quarter in the fourth quarter. So, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, you, I, I think it, it paid off for them in the end. Um, but I think also when you look at not only the players' health on the court, I think mm-hmm. sometimes you look at the people that are in the in the gym as well, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a, a stadium full of thousands of people in 90-plus degree temperatures for a three-hour duration. And, right. and what if somebody couldn't handle that heat and, and their health, you know, was affected by, you know, being in that, you know, in that hot environment. So I think, you know, you look at that. Um, I think from a league perspective, when you look at what, you know, the, the logistics of them having to reschedule a playoff game that they built up to this point, uh, you know, marketing, promoting it, et cetera, et cetera, uh, for game Thursday, and then all of a sudden you can't have a game because you know the 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 first AC decides to break. I think that becomes a decision that they have to look at. Like how much would they lose by moving the game to another day? Um, so I, I think there was a lot of decisions that that went into play, and I think at the end of the day they made the one that I thought they felt best. You know, it was one of those situations where they didn't find out about the condition of the air conditioner until, what, an hour or so before tip-off. And um, what people were saying about the temperatures, about 90 degrees or so, um, you know, there were some reports that it was 100 degrees, you know, on the court. So um, so I think they, they took a risk. They got away with it. Um, but I think it was, it was a little risky. And I think that when people look back on game one, depending on who wins and loses, Say for instance, the Heat lose the series, game one will always be in the back of people's minds because of what happened. Uh, because they lost the guy that was the most important player on the court to their team during that game. Right, right, right. And, and that's a good point, too. And, and I think people, you know, have, uh, people have, you know, kind of got in misconstrued because of LeBron and what happened with him. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, I think I agree with you guys. I, I think that you had to play the game. I don't know logistically how you could, you know, how you could get around not playing the game because if you don't play the game on Thursday night, you know, logistically, can you push it back to Friday night with advertising and all of this stuff like that and everything that's in play? Because everything that you know, the ball was rolling. I don't know if they had AC inside the locker rooms or anything like that, but at the end of the day. You're no, one four, and like you said, it's a um, when you're talking about a um, you talk about a situation where you that kind of heat. I mean, you know, people don't understand, and and it really kind of had me laughing when people were saying, "Oh, yeah, it's just ninety degree." No, nobody wants to sit in, <laughs> in ninety degree weather. I'm sorry, I don't care who you are, you know, unless you get paid to work outside, you know. You're not sitting in 90 degree weather, um, so you know to be inside. And, and what makes it worse is that you're inside a building. You're inside a building, and it's 90 degrees. That that doesn't make it easy at all. Um, that makes it that much tougher because you know you're looking at it. You're looking at it, and you're thinking, okay, how am I supposed to sit here through this game? Like you said, you're talking about for the better part of two and a half to three hours. 
how how do I sit here through this game and maintain and and and, and you know get through it and and enjoy the game at the same time? I don't know how that happens. Um, if you're a fan, from a fan's perspective, I don't know how a fan would get through that, let alone the players, uh, because that's you're asking a lot of your body. Um, that being said, I, I think you have to play the game. I don't know how you could have gotten around not playing the game. Um, you know, but it's, it's very unfortunate. It, 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 but it's a very bad look for the NBA because, and not, and you know, not because LeBron. And you know, some people say, "Oh, well, they're only making a big deal because LeBron." When's the last time you sat at a, in anywhere and it was ninety degrees? You know, I can't. You know, purposely. When's the last time you sat anywhere and, and be mentioned? you know, playing outside and stuff like that. And I give props to anybody who plays outside in the heat because especially here in Atlanta, you know, not only are you dealing with the heat but the humidity. So it could be 95 degrees, but it really feels like the heat index might have it at 105. Um, that being said, these players are so far removed from playing outside or playing in extreme conditions or warm gyms that they're not used to it. So, you know, you're going to have a situation where guys are going to cramp. You're going to have, and like Ken said, from a logistics standpoint, you could legally be in a lot of trouble if somebody had passed out in there. You know, I, you know. In fact, <laughs> I know for a fact that there are people in this world that probably would have passed out on purpose just so that they could get, you know, a little check or something from the Spurs or the NBA. Because at that point, everybody's liable. That is, um, it's not very good, you know, working conditions. Um, that being said, you know, I'm glad that nobody was injured or anything like that, but from what I understand from people in the stands, like as soon as the game was over, people sprinted out of the arena. You know, people normally take their own sweet time about getting out of there. People got out of the arena, you know, like a bat out of hell. So, you know, that was good that they were able to do that and, and nobody was, you know, injured or anything like that. But um, I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine sitting through that and then, you know, it, Nine times out of ten, you're not coming dressed, you know, to be in the heat. You're probably coming dressed with jeans on and a T-shirt, that type of thing. So you may be in there smoking by the end, by you know, by the time the game starts. Uh, the phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You are locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle, and once again, this is Dead End Sports. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. In a few minutes, we'll have the Google Hangout uh, posted in on the uh, on our website. Uh, excuse me, on, uh, on Twitter, and we'll tweet it out for you. And if you want to check us out on the Google Hangout, you can do that as well. Um, now, the next question I have for you guys: uh, Obviously, you know the heat was an issue. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just seems like just about everything was an issue. Um, but I think one of the fallouts from the game was, you know, whether or not this was something that was done purposely. Uh, so, Ken, I'll go to you, man. Do you think that there was a conspiracy <laughs> to play this game without any AC? It looks suspicious. Um, <laughs> I will say that. Uh, what helped me from going conspiracy was the fact that both teams play under the same condition. Uh, does one team have a slight advantage because of the lack of AC? Yeah, they, they do. The Spurs have a lot of players that are international. 
Parker is on record after the game of saying that, you know, it, it he was fine. You know, he's used to playing in, in that type of uh, temperature, uh, you know, in his past. Uh, Andrew Ginobili's from overseas, Patty Mills, Tim Duffy's from the islands. So a lot of them have that experience in playing in, under those conditions. Um, plus, they have a deeper bench. But to go conspiracy, I think, is a little far-fetched. In light of the fact that after 12 o'clock, once everything is settled and done in the game is over, the AC started miraculously working again. But that's neither here nor there. That's wow. just a fact report about Brian Winhurst that makes you look more suspicious. But, you know, <laughs> uh, nah, man, I think it's both at the best, man, to, to do something like that would take a great mind to predict that LeBron James of all people who has a history of France would be the one affected most. Now, when you look at that, you look at uh, LeBron James does most from a physical perspective than most players on the court. He exerts a lot of energy because he's running around the offensive defense and he, you know, he typically has the ball in his hands uh, more than anybody else. So, but again, I, I no, nah, man, I, I, I think it just looks odd. But if LeBron finishes that game, we're, we're not having the discussion. Um, I, I, you know, it's just it was just really messed up that, you know, um, that it happened. And the fact that they could not fix it. So, and, and that was the thing that was, you know, that's the, that was the part that I could not kind of grasp. If you are having this nationally televised game, you have a certain record that go out, and you're faced with whether to fix it, or delay oh, because you had to get a new part, you know, you just probably have to go without. And for whatever reason, you did not get the part. Um, and, and what I heard was that it was one of the circuit breakers that controlled the flow of the water to the air conditioning, and that was the one that, that breaks. So, but conspiracy, man, I, I think that's, that's a little much. That, that's, that's, that's too far. I can't go that far. <laughs> that's why I threw it to you first. Uh, <laughs> what about you, FIFO, man? Was, do you think there was a conspiracy, a C-O-N conspiracy, to play this game without AC? No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was a conspiracy. And I think the only reason, like, you know, again, to Ken's point, the only reason why it's even considered a conspiracy is because LeBron didn't finish the game. Win, lose, or draw, if LeBron finishes that, then we're not talking conspiracy. We're simply talking malfunction. Uh-oh. Right. So I don't I don't think it was a conspiracy at all. I just I just think that it was something that happened and you know, maybe they could have fixed it during the game, but you know, maybe they just let it ride out. You know, so um, <laughs> you know, I, look I, I don't know, you know, I I don't fix I don't fix H back stuff, so right. I, I really don't know. Um but at the end of the day, look, they they lost game one. You know what I'm saying? And let's be honest, you know, this this is a series of the best player versus the best team. Mm-hmm. And the best team got game one. You know, like, if, if LeBron goes down, Miami has no chance of winning anything. If one or two guys goes down for the Spurs, they still have an opportunity to win. And that's the difference, you know. Um, LeBron went down, and San Antonio closed out that game as they should. And that's what happened. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? Uh, any any thoughts of the conspiracy theory in in? Complaining game one without AC. Yeah, it was a damn conspiracy. <laughs> started working. 
Uh, like a, like less than an hour or half an hour. Now after that the game I didn't know, over. man. Yeah, I yeah. Did not the, know the, that. AC, the AC was back on after the game was over. No, it was back on and running within. I want to say within an hour yeah, after the game was over. So yeah, it was a damn conspiracy. But I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was, I'm, I'm just, I'm just being a silly man. But but no, it wasn't no conspiracy. Uh, you know, San Antonio they just outplayed they outplayed um, a LeBronless Miami Heat team in the fourth quarter, flat out, and they shot fourteen for sixteen. So, I mean, San Antonio just shot good. That don't got nothing to do with no damn AC not being on. So, mm-hmm. no, I don't think it was no conspiracy. I don't, it wasn't no conspiracy. San Antonio just out. They, they took advantage of LeBron being out, which, which any good team should do. And, and, and yep. they did. So, I mean, you know, that conspiracy stuff, it's just, it just something to get the people talking. It's something to talk about some, oh, well, you know, this happens, this, or what, why this happened. It, it, Whatever, man. It's just it's just something to get the people on the internet and people trolling and talking about how soft LeBron is, blah blah blah. I mean, it's it's, it's cramped. It, it, it happens to anybody, no matter right. what condition. If you're not if you're not hydrating correctly, you're gonna you're gonna cramp up regardless. I don't care who you are. You can be the most fit person in the world, or you can be the, the non out of shape person in the world. You're gonna still get cramped. It's well, we're we gonna we're gonna talk about that in a second, B. Uh, but that that's that's a great point. I, I agree with you guys. I, I don't think there's any any conspiracy or anything that was behind it. Now I did see uh, that there was some comments made by uh, Jason Terry, who played in Dallas and played most recently with uh, Brooklyn. Um, he said that you know he wouldn't be surprised if there was something behind it. He said because one year they came to play San Antonio in San Antonio, and there was a snake in their locker room. Uh, You're right. I he said that. you know so he said they're they're good for kind of planning little things like that to kind of, you know, shake a team up. I think at the end of the day, this is the finals. Um, the world is watching. It, it was a bad PR move. I mean, it was not a bad PR move. It was just bad PR for San Antonio, just point blank. Um, and you also have to remember, too, and I tweeted it during the game, this is almost as bad as the lights going out in the Super Bowl. No, you couldn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't the same because, you you know, the Super Bowl was stopped. I mean, you know, that, right, that never right. happened. The game was just stopped. And, no, like B said, it didn't affect us because we were sitting and watching the game on, uh, you know, on our couches. However, you could tell that there was a difference in the game. You could tell that players were tired. You could tell that players – I mean, I've never – think about it like this, guys. It's rare to see any NBA player – Asked to come out of a game, <laughs> you know. Even when a guy is tired, he's not going to ask to come out of a game. A coach, will, especially a star, a coach will pull you out of the game, you know, because they have their rotations or whatever. But you know, I, I've never seen LeBron James ask to come out of a game. I mean, he did that twice. You know, like, hey, come and get me, man. I, I just can't take it. And um, you know, it, and it wasn't just LeBron, but it goes back to a point that Ken made. You know, when you have heat like that, what happens is is that, you know, the team with the D, and everybody knows San Antonio can go 10, almost 11 deep into their rotations, wherein Spolstra might go 8 or 9, if that, you know. Um, so the team with the deeper bench obviously is going to be able to kind of withstand it a little bit longer. Um, and nobody goes into a game plan thinking, okay, well, hey, this is this is how we're going to make it. We're going to, we're, you know, we're going to put the heat on them literally <laughs> and see what they see how they respond. Um, so I think uh, I think both teams handled it about as well as they could. Uh, which, but at the end of the game, obviously, the most of the talk, almost all of the talk, was uh, with LeBron. Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> people. What were your thoughts 
on your on LeBron James catching cramps in game one? My thoughts were, yo, know, th- th- this is a Mack truck that requires a lot of oil and fuel and maintenance <laughs> and all this. And you know what? He was driving through the desert and, yo, he just overheated. That's, that's, that's all. You know, um, here, here's the thing. Let, 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 let's be honest, man. This, this is LeBron James. I don't think that it was a question of him being hydrated enough. I think it was more the fact that, you know, he has like 2 or 3% body fat. So the majority of his composition is muscle. I don't care how hydrated you are when it's 90-some degrees on that court, you know, almost 100, as Kyle, you know, just said. He's losing a lot of fluids, man. And, you know, to be as strong and as explosive and athletic as he plays, it's no surprise. You know, like, he, like and how Ken just mentioned, you know, a little bit uh, earlier, LeBron has a history of this. You know, in the finals against OKC, he cramped up. You know, he finished, but he was cramping up. And, and, and you know, playing in, in, in those adverse conditions does not surprise me one bit, and especially if he was the only one. Because let's be honest, let, let's look on both rosters. Who, who else is built like LeBron? Nobody. Nobody. You know, so it doesn't surprise me at all, man. Um, unfortunately, um, I, I do think that if LeBron finished out that game, I think Miami would be a 2-0 right now. That's his new. Okay. But, um... You know, it, it is what it is. Miami got the split and LeBron cramped. There's no way you can play through that. Okay, okay, definitely, definitely, definitely. Good point, good point. What about you, B? Um, what were your thoughts on LeBron catching cramps, man? I mean, look, cramps is no joke. If you play, if you play <laughs> exactly. basketball, you know, if people can, all of us, you, you play football, you can attest. When you get cramped. I don't care how good you are. You're going to stop. It's going to lock you up. It's your muscles locking up. So it's like for people to, like, criticize him about him, you know, playing through cramps and stuff. Even Isaiah said, oh, I I will not – I could not play through, you know, cramps. A swollen-up sprained ankle is different from cramping up. You can just – Yo, if you're if you're adrenaline up high enough, you can play through a swollen sprain. Mm-hmm. I've I've done plenty of times before on my left ankle before, but crap, that shit stop your body. It stops your right. you know, if your your thighs are cramping up, dog. You you stop it. You see, like you see, LeBron tried to play through it. He tried right. to fight through and play through it. And when he when he when he came down again, it, it, it locked up on him again. He was like, he waved the, he waved the crew, get over here, man. I, I've known. And I play with really good athletes that cramp up, it, and it just happens. It's not like it happens all the time. They may cramp up, you know, here and there, you know, you know, every now and then. But when they cramp up, they can be the most in shape, most in shape, you know, physical person I've known or, or still play with. They will still on the sideline. It's like it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens to all of us, man. It's just, it's just something that happens. You can't. It's, it's inevitable. You can't. You can't stop. You cramp. When you cramping up, your muscles lock up, and they seize up on you. That's what your muscles doing. He seizes up right. on you. So when they seize up on you, you, you can't do nothing. You can't operate it. So I don't see what the big fuss was. I think it was just a way for LeBron haters to just kind of keep beating a dead horse, beating a dead horse, beating a dead horse, and beating a dead horse. And it just it's like okay, it's getting boring now, y'all. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> and and then mind you, Jordan had cramps, and he had, he got pulled out the game in the game uh, in uh, 1997, Game Four NBA Finals against Utah. He had got pulled out in the game for having cramps. And people all kept saying, oh, he, when Jordan played through the flu, that's different. When you cramp up, your muscles locking up on you. So, And Jordan had 
Jordan wanted to get out of the game, even though he finished. But he had to. He had. He couldn't even go for a second because he cramped up. Right. So, yeah, man, it's just it's uh, it's just it just happens. That's all. It happens to the best of them. That's how I looked at it. He cramped up. Oh well, big deal. It, it was a, now it messed up because they ended up losing the game, which it, it mm-hmm. cost them that. But you know, it 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 happens to the best of us, man. You cramp up, you cramp up. Now everybody just shut up and enjoy this NBA final. <laughs> Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, what about you, FIFO, man? What, what's your take on it, man? Catching the cramp, man. LeBron cramped up. I think, I think, I think I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not FIFO. Uh, Ken, Ken. Man, that was one of the most. You know what? Game one and the aftermath of game one is a is a reminder of why I'm not on Twitter during during the finals. Uh, because there's a lot of ridiculous, uneducated, ignorant tweets sent out. The, the memes and the jokes I get, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, everybody, everybody will 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 receive some of that. They got parking last night, but the comments and where people are talking about. His lack of toughness was a clear indication to me that they've never either played sport or right. playing a sport. Exactly. You know, and 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 um, B Ralph, they know, man. I used to play with them a lot. My cow muscle would cramp up, and 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 um, and I would rub it out, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and get it back together, but. A couple of plays later, it's locking up on me again. Exactly. I'm not a particular athlete, you know, and I'm not using nowhere near as much energy as, as LeBron is, but I understand what it's like playing in hot temperatures with a lack of fluid. And keep in mind that they were not prepared to play in that environment. And that's right. the other thing people seem to be missing out of this whole discussion. It's one thing to come to a game and knowing you will play in 90-degree temperature because you will make the necessary preparation to do that. It's another to get there for them to say, you have to play in 90-degree temperatures. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you have to double, maybe triple, quadruple your intake of fluids. And, you know, like people said, when you're an athlete like LeBron and you don't really store fluids like that and you're running up and down the court, you know, you will be affected. And keep in mind, when LeBron went out of the game, he has played the most minutes of anybody on the court. So right. as soon as I saw LeBron waiting in the third quarter and has to be let out of the game, I knew he was in trouble. And I was hoping that, considering his past, that he would be able to get through this. And unfortunately, he wasn't. But, yeah, man, I think, um, you know, you have to listen to your body. You have to think that this is a long series. You have to also think that we have Wade, we have Bosch, and we have the professionals on the team that can hopefully sustain and, and maintain this lead against mm-hmm. Spurs and get out of here with the win. You know what I'm saying? Pick me up and lift me up. But, you know, I think that when they saw LeBron go off the court, you know, I don't know if they knew exactly what was wrong with him. Is it a hamstring? Did he pull him up with hair? You know, I don't know because it could have been that. You know, right. because of you know, his lack of fluid. So, um, and, and it put a strain on the, you know, his leg, and, and that, you know he has muscle tear and he's done, and, you know, the, the series is over at that point. But, um, but yeah, man, I think that, that people questioning his, his toughness, 
um, just showed a lot of uh, lack of, you know, uh, maturity on their behalf. It showed that people just refused to give this man any type of credit in spite of all of his success. It's just like you said, the haters will find something to attack this man, you know, uh, on. And, and it's just unfortunate. But to sit here and... and, and and I gotta learn better, like you said. I can't engage like, uh, a back and forth because you know I was talking to somebody, man, on Twitter, man, and, and I was like, you know, I tweeted out, "B is told me about the '97 game, right?" And I tweeted that out, you know, saying, "Hey, look, for those of you saying LeBron Jordan uh, will leave the game, well, yeah, he kind of, you know, different results, different ending, but he did leave the game. That was the main point of the article." This guy's gonna hit me back and be like, well, you know, uh, in high school, I played with a dislocated shoulder and a broken bone under my eye. I was game. Right. And I'm like, okay, you are an athlete, so I'm sure you've had a cramp before. You can't compare that injury right. to this type of injury. And since you play football, how about this? Marcellus Wiley, an NFL player, said he played with a broken toe, but he was unable to play with NFL cramps. I mean, with, with cramps. So come on, man, like, fall back on trying to create these equivalencies between injuries and, and, and between your injury or some other injury or flu game, like we said, and compare it to a cramp and when your body locks up. There's two right. tests. And, again, I come back to just the one main thing uh, out of this whole thing that, that I think is, is missed. If you've ever had a cramp before, you will know you cannot run on a cramp. Your body. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. I have, I have cramps when I'm sleeping. and I stretch the wrong way. I'm jumping out of the bed, man, and, and running through the house. <laughs> it's, it's, it's serious, man. So, oh, man. You know, people, people, um, it, it just shows a lot of ignorance on, on people. And, yeah, so, yeah, it, it's just ridiculous, man. I, I think, um, Man, it, it, well, I mean, you know, man, 140 characters, man. You don't have enough time to. I mean, that that ain't enough time to argue with fools, and we all know there's a bunch of fools on Twitter um, and Facebook. Um, that being said, man, I think part of the issue that I had was if you've never played the game before, and you don't have to have played basketball, you don't have to play football or baseball. Any, if you played any kind of sport. You know that what it takes to put prepare yourself to be in that position. I won't even go as far as to say that LeBron is someone who's had this problem before because he's cramped up. Anybody can catch a cramp. What a cramp is is an overworked muscle. I guess you probably have to ask yourself, well, why did he cramp? Well, he probably cramped because he's carrying 13 other guys on his back. Um that being said, and, I, and I'm I'm the last to be in a I'm not a LeBron, LeBron apologist, but you know, like like Ken said, I, I get the memes, I, I get that that's funny and everything like that. What I have a problem with is people talking and don't you know, and and the criticism was just brutal. Like, oh, yeah. Jordan would have done. We don't know what Jordan would have done because I've never seen Jordan play a game with a cramp. You know, one thing I do know about a cramp, you can't play with one. You can play with a broken finger. You can play with a broken toe. You can't play because a, a cramp means that your muscle says, you know what, dog, I'm not doing a damn thing from this point on. And you can see when LeBron came out of the game and then he came back in, when he went for that layup and it locked up again, he was done. That was it. And now I will say this much. 
you know, I understand that with him being the superstar, the face of the franchise, face of the league and everything like that, that he's going to get some criticism. But I'm not going to – and I think one of the big – and we've seen it before, not just in the NBA but in all sports. The last thing an athlete wants to happen is for his body to fail him at the at the worst moment. You know, that you don't want to tear an ACL in the Super Bowl. You don't want to be like, remember when we were coming up, I think it was, correct me if I'm not, it was 89 when Magic uh, tore his hamstring or whatever, or tore his, yeah, tore his hamstring, couldn't play against uh, Detroit. I think it was, it was either 88 or 89. I, I, I want to say it's 89. Um, but, you know, that type of thing where your body just gives up on you, and, and it, as an athlete, you don't want that to happen. That being said, I mean, I'm not going to criticize somebody for their body shutting down. It just, it happens. It's unfortunate that it happened um, because, and FIFO mentioned it earlier, if I'm not mistaken, Miami was up by six when LeBron went out of the game. So if you're going to point the blame, and, and here's what I, I found interesting. All of the fingers were pointing at LeBron. What happened to Dwayne Wade? Dwayne Wade, right, you're, you're sidekick. You're the guy who you came to play. Right. LeBron, keep in mind, LeBron came to Miami so he wouldn't have to carry a team. He didn't. He came to Miami to play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, so he wouldn't have to carry a team. So you, like you said, you would think, especially with a. And I'm not. Uh, we all know a six point lead with five minutes to go is a. It's an. A six point lead is an turn. I mean, anything can happen with six points. It, you can't. You know, that's not. That's not a lead that you can sit on. Um, I'll say this though, Dwayne Wade, two fourth quarter points. That's it. Two, two more than the four of us. So, you know. My thing is this: If you're going to point some point to criticism for Game One at anybody, I would think it needs to go at Dwayne Wade because he didn't do anything. And and I understand, I get it to a degree because it looked to me like I don't want to say Miami waved the wet red uh, the white flag, but not only did Dwayne Wade not compete and, and keep playing at a high level, but his man, uh, uh, what's the guy's name, Green. Green hit the two three pointers that you know that blew the doors off off the mm-hmm. you know, blew, blew the game mm-hmm. away. So you know blew the door off the hinges. So th- that's the type of thing where you know your stars got to be stars. And um, you know it would be it would have been interesting to see had LeBron not gone out. I I mean we can't definitively say that they would have won the game, but I tell you what it, it would be you know Heat fans around the country are saying well hey you know we probably be up two zero because they were looking good. Um, phone number to call in area code three four excuse me area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um, let me let me just throw that out to you guys real quick, and I'll start with you first, Ken. Why why does LeBron get the blame for that? And there's no talk about Chris Bosh and more importantly Dwayne Wade. Um, I think people. I'm not exactly sure if Dwayne Wade's 100%, you know, healthy. So I think what happened with him last year kind of gives him an out. Um, mm-hmm. Boss, so many other different roles. He's not really a focal point on the offense um, as much as, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. But more importantly, man, I think, you know, it's just it's, it's LeBron James. And he, he had to endure that you know, his whole career. And if you look at LeBron, man, people have been looking at this guy since he was 15 years old. And he's been, it started as soon as they called him King James. And Mm -hmm. that was it. 
And at that point, he, he has been under a microscope. And every time he's proven himself, people look for something else to place on him to, to try to find ways to bring him down. And, and you know, it also has a lot to do with people comparing him to Jordan, the people comparing him to, to Kobe, the people basically comparing him to the great way before want to race. And people have some resentment about that because so many guys are the heroes. You know, Jordan is a hero to a lot of people. Kobe was the next thing they had to Jordan and, and he was he's their hero. You know, um, so when you have a guy that's unproven that came in the league like LeBron who's been basically given this 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 crowd and he hasn't won anything People resist that. And then you throw in the decision, of course, and, you know, everything that they've done, you know, just leading up to it, you know, he, he, he's a target. And, um, and and that's just the way it is, man. But he, he's answered the critics. He's responded. And people just refuse to just sit back and enjoy LeBron James for who he is and what he's doing for the game of basketball. It's really just him. Because Kevin Durant just kind of, you know, he just kind of went for the and barely nothing. So uh, he, he and now Kevin Durant <laughs> loses twenty thousand dollars to the game in, in a game of four. <laughs> that's what he's doing right now. You know, the MVP now. Come on, that's the MVP, and he just went out and, and nobody said anything. But uh, but yeah, this is you know. People have give, people gave him a ring. People gave him Mount Rushmore before many people felt he earned it, and I think that that's why he received a lot of criticism. Okay, okay. What about you, B? People shaking their head. Okay, let's go to FIFO then. FIFO, why, why do you think Wade gets a pass in this case? I, I just think, okay, I just think that there's a, there's a lot of different factors as to why LeBron gets a lot of uh, – this negativity and it's definitely not due. Um, I, I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with Ken's point. I, I think you have a very valid point. I'm not going to dissect that. But I think that the main reason is this. I think that LeBron is the first superstar of this new social media world. And we are really dissecting LeBron almost play by play. You know, because, you know, honestly, um, I, I did that against OKC in the championship. You know, with LeBron, every play I was tweeting something. And the thing is, is that when we look at a Michael Jordan, you know, Michael Jordan kind of set the standard for the new era of these basketball players, right? Everybody wants to be like Mike. Everybody grew up on Mike. So he's kind of mm-hmm. the standard. And and the thing is, is that we didn't really have such a, a, a um, such a cemented standard in basketball until and right. You know, because re- realistically, Bill Russell won 11. You know, Wilt won a couple. Magic's been the nine finals. Jordan only made six. You know, LeBron made it to the finals before MJ. So those type of things don't get any credit. It's just that MJ won six. He was six for six. And, and, and realistically, you know, MJ in the two last finals that he won against Utah two times, they were games he shot 30%. But the fact right. that he won, nobody talks about that. So because we talk about Jordan's career in totality, while we break down LeBron's career 
almost minute to minute, shot by shot, you know, like game by game. And, and, and it's because we're still in the moment with LeBron. And it's like you have to look, even if he has a bad game, even if he makes a bad play, look at the game in totality. You know what I'm saying? Because to me, I've been saying it for years, both Brandon and Ken can attest, like, I've been saying LeBron is the most complete basketball player for a while. And, and years ago, I said, yo, LeBron, I think he's better than MJ. Because, because as, a, as a complete, I don't think that there's ever going to be a, another LeBron. Like, there's never going to be another Mike. There's never going to be another Bird. There's never going to be another Magic. LeBron right. is that, you know, distinct and unique. And there's never going to be one. And because he was the first one since MJ. You know what I'm saying? Because Kobe was like a carbon copy, and Kobe, he came into a league where he didn't really have a lot of competition at that two guard. Now LeBron, because the way that the NBA has changed, he plays one through five sometimes. Like a magic. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that he gets a lot of undue blame, and, and it's more on him than anybody else. But whenever you're a superstar, you take that that that, that burden. You take that burden. And, you know, LeBron, LeBron's been carrying it his whole life. You know, regardless if he makes the right pass and the guy misses the shot and he gets buried, that's cool. I'm going to still do it. And LeBron has won at every level. You know what I'm saying? So he's one doing it his way. It's not – there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's a Michael Jordan way to do it. There's a Magic Johnson way to do it. There's a LeBron way to do it. There's a Larry Bird way to do it. Because all of these guys are champions. But now one of them did it exactly the same way. And let's be honest, even Kobe, the carbon copy of Mike, still wasn't Mike. He wasn't right. shooting 50%. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like he wasn't as dominant as MJ was. But Kobe was great. And all of these great players – have their own way of getting the job done. LeBron has his. So, great LeBron against LeBron. Why isn't anybody talking about how great? Every year, he gets better. Every year. You look at his numbers, something improves every year. I can't even say the same thing about MJ as much as, I, as I'm an MJ lover. You know what I'm saying? Right. I can't say the same thing about Kobe. I can't say the same thing about AI. I can't say the same thing out of any basketball player that I have witnessed. Anyone, I can't. I've never seen it before. So to me, that's what makes LeBron the greatest. And I don't think that, again, like, like, like when, when you compare MJ to LeBron, nobody's ever going to touch the legend of Michael. No, mm-hmm. no, the legend, that legend that he created at the time that it was created, nobody will ever surpass that. Nobody's ever going to surpass the brand Jordan, all of this, whatever he did for the game, because somebody needed to do that. That was MJ. But now we're just talking about basketball. Mm-hmm. LeBron's a better player, man. I take LeBron any day over anybody that's ever played the game because he's the most versatile. He's a combination of all of the greats, man. He does every he does something that every single great player can do. That's why I think he's the greatest. You know what, FIFA, and you you just made me think of something. And they talked about it last night on the telecast, and I want to bring it up. Um, when you go back to Game Five in Indiana. Uh, LeBron makes a play to the middle. He, he, he starts off on the elbow, comes through the middle. He gets the double team. Um, Hibbert steps up and then leaves Bosch wide open for three. Bosch takes the three, misses. Keep in mind the Heat were down two. They were going for the win that, at that at that particular point in time. Um, Bosch misses the three. Uh, Indiana survives another game and they go to Game Six, obviously, and they get mollywopped <laughs> within the first ten minutes of that game, and, and, the, and the series is over for. Uh, 
uh, the Heat, and they are back in the finals. But similar situation last night. They're up to, I think, yeah, they're up to. Um, LeBron had the court kind of, if 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 you can bear with me here, the court kind of shifted a little bit when he made his move coming off the pick and roll. Uh, he spotted uh, Bosh again in the same right hand corner for three. Uh, Bosh shoots a three, makes it. They go up by five. Um, and people keep talking about and LeBron mentioned it last night, and Chris Bosh mentioned it. LeBron makes the right play. I don't think, and I think that's what people, I don't know if that's what people have an issue with him because, you know, the, the play against Indiana, he could have taken the ball to the hole and gotten fouled or he could have, you know, faded away and shot a jump or whatever. But it was more about him take making the right play. And, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, I think he's more magic than he is Jordan, but he's a good combination of both. Um, but, what, um, B, what do you think about that play that he made? Because, again, that's the quote-unquote right play. And they kept talking about that last night in the press conference about making the right play. What, what's your take on LeBron's ability to make the best basketball play as opposed to the highlight spectacular type play? You mean that? You mean that? You talking about the Indiana play or? Well, the, or the Indiana play and the play last night. Oh, I mean, with the Indiana play, I I would have I would have wanted him to take that shot or draw the foul. You know, only time I won't have an issue him passing that ball in the corner three is that was Ray Allen right there. But you know that okay. was Chris Bosh, so. You know, if I if I'm penetrating and I got Hubert and I got Paul George on all on my back, I'm a I'm a I'm a go for the layup and try to draw the foul or try to you know try to get the one or try to get the two points. And now if I'm driving to the rack, the same scenario, and that's Ray Allen over there with a wide open look. Bam! I'm gonna jump into my shooter, and also they were they was down by two, right? When they, they down by yeah. two at that point, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna dump it to Ray Allen. Let's get this win. Let's get out of here. That that's just me. I mean, that's that's what I would expect LeBron to do. Chris Bosh in there. I mean, yeah, he can shoot the wide open three. He's good enough to knock it down. But you know, I don't know if I want that to be my last shot when I'm like this close to the basket. I'm LeBron James. I'm I'm two seventy two eighty six eight or uh, six foot eight plus. You know, powerful. I would rather for him to take what. B, let me ask you this, right? Because because me and you we hoop a lot, right? And in this scenario. I would be more like a LeBron because I like I'm like the point guard, and you would be like the Ray Allen, right? And and my idea, like whenever I'm hooping, I can force that up, and that makes basketball more difficult. Even regardless if it's Bosh or Ray Allen, the person in that corner can shoot that three, right? right? Yeah. As a basketball player, that's the easiest play. I, I like we got the best shot. So I feel you, but I, but again, I just feel like we, are, we are judging LeBron on a, like a mentality that's not no. his. He's more PG no. than than scorer. Yeah, I, I still would have took it. Like I said, if, if it was a a, not, a, a straight up shooter. I'm taking Ray Allen over Chris Bosh to shoot that wide open three point in the corner, mm-hmm. and it, or not, I'm just I'm taking up to the rack regardless. I, 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 that's just me. I just, but I, I wasn't criticizing, saying, "Oh, LeBron, you stupid, or you da 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 da." It was just like, well, he still he felt that Bosh was wide open, which he was, and he had a good look, and he shot it. Now, if Bosh would have made that three pointer like he did the other night, you know, people wouldn't really dogging him. You know, if, if Bosh would have missed those threes. Then you know, to this morning we've been saying, "Oh, LeBron did it again." LeBron did it again. <laughs> but, so I, but, I, but you know what, that, B? I think that that goes that speaks to the point of 
he can't win for losing. I mean, he made the yep, you, you guys. Exactly. No, he made the best basketball play, and it right. worked out. And I mean, yeah. if if Bosh hits that shot against Indiana, they ended in five as opposed to six. You know, and exactly. I, I don't. Yep. Because I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, Jordan did the same thing. Jordan did the same thing when he was he was double teamed. Guess who he gave it to? His shooter, Steve Kerr. Yep, Steve Kerr. Look, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be wide open. They gonna they gonna come out and double team you. Jordan was double teamed like a mug. He passed it out to Kerr. Kerr hit the knock the wide open knockdown jump shot. That was a, that's a smart basketball play. Now if Kerr would have missed it. And back then, before social network, they probably would have still been like, "Dang, you know, Jordan should have took the shot." I don't think they right. would have dogged him out as much oh, as, no. as we're dogging out LeBron right now. You know what I'm saying? But like people, that was his shooter. Like Steve Kerr is a shooter, so you know that's a good basketball play to him to get into his shooter, his knockdown shooter, because that's all Steve Kerr was able, good enough to do was shoot. The, he shoots the hell out that rock. Jordan gave it to him. He knocked down a wide open shot. LeBron James last night gave it to um Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh knocked down a wide open three. I mean, it's just good basketball play, man. I mean, Jordan hey, did the same thing. Jordan did the same you know thing. Yeah, like, like, to me, th- th- this, this is what, again, like LeBron passing up that type of shot is what makes LeBron the greatest player to me because that's the epitome of making your teammates better. You know what I'm saying? Because let's say, you know, you, you, you get a guy like, like, like a James Jones that doesn't get a lot of picks. He hits those type of shots. You have that confidence in him. You make that player better. And also, by being great yourself, getting other people open shots, you're making them better. You shouldn't. You make you taking a wide open shot versus a contested shot should be a higher percentage for you. That's what LeBron does. On top of being efficient himself and getting thirty like it ain't nothing, and getting rebounds and playing five positions defensively. I don't know no other player in the history of the game that was able to do the things that he that he's able to do on the court. Mm-hmm. He he's definitely a special player, and and I mean we're going to talk more because obviously the finals are going to end, and people are going to have they're going to feel some type of way. Like Rich only one, they go they go feel some type of way one way or the other if LeBron is cutting down the Nets, winning his third. Or if he, you know, doesn't win at all, I mean, people are going to have uh, an opinion about it. So, and naturally, when people have opinions about it, we're going to talk about it. So, we will definitely, definitely, definitely keep the LeBron talk coming because this is a conversation. I'm sorry, Ken, did you want to get something in before I move on to the next question? Uh, yeah, I, I remember it was against Detroit, and it was the Daniel Marshall three. And uh, he he had a layup, <laughs> and and he passed it. That was that was the one time, you know, I I, I heavily criticized LeBron, but I got it because I said that you know I replayed that that play over and over in my head. I think you always have to ask yourself this: What if the shot goes in? And because and it's the miss that we criticize the most. Mm-hmm. When yeah, I look yeah. at that Indiana play. When LeBron drove to, to the basket, he beat Paul George. Hibbert came, slid over, but Hibbert jumped straight up. I don't think LeBron was going to get that call if he ran into Hibbert. No. So, you know what I'm saying? So, a lot of people are saying, go get the foul. I don't think they're calling that foul on Hibbert because he went straight up. It's not like he jumped sideways. So, I, I, and I think LeBron would have to make a very difficult shot. 
in traffic against two or three people. So passing out to Chris Boss, when I saw when I saw the play develop and I saw him kick it out, I won't lie, I thought it was good. I, I, and I thought that that was a really good play up because you're, you're in the, a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. You go for the kill. And, yeah. and they went for the kill. And you understand, considering the, the circumstances that they endured through that game with LeBron having five fouls, you're lucky to even be in that position. So why not Why not try to go for the kill and get it over with? You know right. what I'm saying? So, I, you know, look, I think it was the play to make. Um, if you look at games, and I know we're probably going to talk about that in a minute, um, he did the same thing, but I don't think he do it once, he did it twice. And, um, and, and the first time Washington shot, he missed it. I was mad about that one. He made the second one. So, um, you know, it's like people saying, man, you make teammates better by believing in them and giving them the confidence that they will make the next one because you keep giving them the rock. So uh, that's all I got to say, man. I, sometimes you look at the fact that the shot is missed, and not on what would have to shot in like it did last right. night. It's not like you had a wild tail. If it was there, and I don't think you were going to get that call. Definitely. That, those, those are some great points. I want to throw in some, uh, throw in a, a quick breaking news. Um, Donald Sterling, back in the news again. Donald Sterling uh, has decided to pursue his $1 billion lawsuit against the NBA and the NBA's commissioner. Um, what that means is the sale of the Los Angeles Clippers is now on hold. Um, we'll be getting more information as it comes across, but it just came across the, the, the screen here. Uh, Donald Sterling, as far as we know, has not signed off on his on the sale of the Clippers. I know that he put his wife in charge, and, and I saw an interview that uh, – Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, did on NBA, uh, excuse me, did on CNN uh, yesterday, and he said that you know Sterling it was no, you know, had pulled out of trying to sell the team before, and he's basically said you know until we get it in writing that he's you know dropping his lawsuit and the sale is going to go through, you know we're you know we're going to continue our process. So looks like it's headed for court. So who knows what's going to happen man. with the sale of the team and everything. Go ahead. Man, you know what, Kyle? He's messing you with him at this point. Money. Huh? I said he's messing hey, hey, with Kyle. the NBA at this point. And, and you know what? That's exactly what I'm going to say. You don't make that much, much money by being a fool, right? Mm-hmm. Donald Sterling played the NBA, if you ask me. If you look, because they were set to vote your third, right? And a couple of days later, maybe that weekend prior to, they acted like they just wanted to do whatever it was they needed to do to get the situation over. Uh, Shelly, you know, Shelly Sterling, you know, I guess agreed to give up her shares. And Donald Sterling, you know, played, you know, Mitchell in capacitated game. And then, you know, so now all of a sudden they, they proceeded like they were willing to sell the team. That halted the vote, mm-hmm. and now since the vote didn't take place a week later or so, Sterling hit up in the lawsuit, and now everything is stopped. Well, he you know what's going to happen? The, the, the like NBA is going to, you know, and I think just when I when I saw that interview that uh, Adam Silver did, what that told me was that he was prepared for the yoki doke and. 
they've halted. They like you said, they halted the uh, the 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 meeting. But from what every you know, if you take it for what it's worth, from what these law experts are saying, the way that everything is written up is that he's going to lose. Like this is not a case. Now, what he can do and what he's probably trying to do is let this just play out in court and extend it and extend it and extend it. But what he's done is cost himself money because now Ballmer may come back and say, well, you know what, I don't want it for two mil. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, and what may happen is once it goes to the legal, and I'm, and I'm not a lawyer, I just play one on TV. Um, <laughs> but uh, once it goes to the legal standpoint of it, he's not going to make as much money from the sale because the NBA could forcefully take the team from him, and then it would be deemed the NBA's team and not the Sterling's team. So he could have cost himself and his family and the family trust a whole bunch of money. Um, of course, we're going to get more and more information as it comes in, but like I said, that just he's came across the screen. Yeah, they're going to, he's, he's going to drag it out. He's going to drag it out, and it's going to get drug out, and it's going to be a nightmare. But this is, you know, I mean, he's 80 years old. He wants to stick it to the NBA. You know, he, he ain't going out like yeah, Willie Lowell. So... Um, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. You are locked in live to the best sports show on the Internet right now. You are locked in to Dead End Sports. I am your host, 12 Kyle, and I'm joined by my partners in crime. You know them from Dead End Hip Hop, B, Ken, and FIFO. Uh, make sure that you pass the word we're on tonight. And, um, you know, if the series keeps going the way it is, we'll be on again next Monday night because what we're trying not to do is compete against the, uh, you know, the NBA Finals. Obviously, we know that we have faithful for listeners and, and faithful viewers, but at the same time, we know damn well that y'all ain't going to watch us and, and not watch the Finals. <laughs> what I mean? So, <laughs> so we decided to move it up just this week and possibly next week. Uh, well, I guess we wouldn't move it up next week because the finals won't be over next week by this time. So, um, so yeah, this Monday, tonight, and next Monday we will be uh, Mondays at 9, and then we'll be back to our regular Tuesday night schedule at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, phenomenal game last night. Anybody, I, I'll, I'll start with you first, people. Uh, give me your take on last night's game, man. Um, this, this is the reason why I picked Miami, man. Um, not, look, look, look. Matter of fact, this is, the, again, this is the reason why I like having a show. I, I, I said, I, I, you know what, I damn near predicted everything that happened. I, I definitely recall saying that Rashard Lewis was going to be key. He has been. I specifically recall saying that uh, Kawhi Leonard, he's not going to be, there's nothing oh, that he's going to be able to do. He's, he's been gone for two games. And I feel he's not going to do nothing the rest of the series. Um, LeBron is going to be LeBron. D-Wade has to be 75%, which he hasn't even been, and they split. And Boss has mm-hmm. kept up. You know, Boss has been a little bit more consistent. Um, and, and look, man, when you have LeBron, there's just nothing that you can do. There's just – I don't – like, me being a coach, I coach basketball, I understand basketball, I play point guard. What do you do? Do you double-team him? No, because he's a great passer, and he can throw cross-court passes with the best of them on the line, right. in the pocket, to the corner, to the wing. It doesn't matter. So how do you defend LeBron? Do you give him space like you did last year? No, because now he's getting out on his jumper, especially the mid-range. I think he's shooting at like 57% right now. 
What like what do you give LeBron? Because you cannot take away everything. And whenever you try to take away one thing, LeBron is so special that he can make it up in other ways. So I I don't care if you have the greatest team. You they have the greatest player. And Spolstra over the years has figured out a way to make the system work for his stars. And that's what all we're seeing. Spolstra is maximizing LeBron's talent. And LeBron keeps adding more to the pot. So, look, man, Miami's going to win this in six, man. I, I said seven last week. It, it, it's going to be six now because I think, and I told B last night, I think that Miami's going to win the next two in Miami. No. They're going to lose game five in, in, in San Antonio and come back to Miami and win. No, that, 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 no way. You heard no, it here no way, Greg, no way Greg Pop letting, uh, letting the Spurs lose three straight games. No way. It's not about – Greg Popovich ain't out there guarding LeBron, B. <laughs> I'm just talking about – I'm just talking about, about coaching wise. I'm just talking about just from a coaching standpoint. Ain't nothing you can do. I don't, I don't see, see that. They're going to split these, these next two games in Miami. You, you, you know why I say no? Because what are you going to do? You put Kawhi Leonard on him one-on-one. Kawhi has been in foul trouble two straight games. You put Dion yeah. on him. Then LeBron takes him outside. Like, what, yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to double-team him now? Like, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do against. You cannot game plan against them, man. They, I, I don't know what you're going to do. No, LeBron, I don't see the win. LeBron is the only thing that can beat Miami. LeBron doesn't play well, they lose. LeBron has a LeBron game, and we're talking an average LeBron game. And, and, right. and D Wade has a decent game, and Boss has a decent. Yo, they're they gonna win. And if Rashard Lewis or another person, because Rashard Lewis has made more threes in the playoffs right now than, than Ray Allen. Ray Allen is struggling, but we all know Game Seven, Game Six, one of these games, Ray Allen is probably gonna go off. So all I'm saying mm-hmm. is this: LeBron's gonna be LeBron. D Wade at this point, I guess all you need is a 50% D Wade. And you need a fifty percent boss, and you just need one other guy to hit some open threes. Man, Miami's gonna win this, man. They can. They don't have a guy that can physically compete with LeBron James. And I've always said it: you want to build a championship team to really win the championship, you have to have. You have to build it two ways. You either get a guy that can physically compete with LeBron, or you have to attack Miami's weaknesses, which is point guard and big man. And, and mm-hmm. a physically dominant big man because Tim Duncan is not physically dominant; he's fundamentally dominant, and 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 they're able to neutralize that with Bosh. Look, man, LeBron is this era's greatest player, and Popovich has he. I, I admire him; he's a great coach. Look, he, they won 50 plus games 15 years, dog, in a row. I'm not taking nothing away from Pop. But there's nothing he can do against LeBron, man. He's not out there guarding him, and I don't care what scheme he come up with. He's not stopping him. It's LeBron's time. And Ken can attest to this, and I want Ken to go next because I said once you go to it's a LeBron era, man. And you can't stop this guy. You just can't stop him. All right, Ken, what you, what you got? <laughs> people see what you go next. Uh, to people's last, last comment, uh, let's wait until this is over. And, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. He did say that, but in order for that to, to be true, they're truthful, they have to win this series. Uh, even though I did pick the Heat to win in six, uh, the first two games, the Spurs absolutely controlled the first two games. Miami controlled the game in, in, in spots. And, and those, and the spots they did control the game, they were able to 
uh, take the lead. And, of course, we know what happened in game one. And game two, you know, they've managed to slow it down to the point where they can get away with the, get out of there with the win. Um, but I still haven't seen Miami, Miami stamp on the game just yet. They still haven't played the Miami ball, so it looks like they're still trying to figure out what the Spurs are doing offensively and trying to figure out, you know, the Spurs defense. That being said, uh, it's still still tied 1-1. And, um, and I, I felt that in order for Miami to win the series, they needed to split. And much like people, man, I, I think that uh, I like their odds uh, of holding home court. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes back to two. And, um, and Miami wins the next two after that. But anyway, um, the funny thing about that game was I was watching Game of Thrones, so I didn't see the third quarter. I only saw the last two minutes or so of the uh, third quarter when it was 59-56. And they were talking about LeBron for his, his foot, you know, his camp on the third quarter. I was like, oh, 67, then LeBron got off. LeBron had a great third quarter, but he didn't get off. LeBron got off for 51 seconds. When they went down six in like 51 seconds in less than a minute, LeBron scored like eight points. He had a three, he had a jumper, and then he had another three. And the game flipped just like that. And, you know, I'm looking at him like, but damn, what do you do if the guy can come out and do that? In spite of all of that, you know, it was still a back and forth of the game. But it's like I said before this three started. Chris Boss has something to prove. And we have seen in the first two games, the big from the Spurs cannot guard Chris Boss. Trevor got that take off. He now takes the guy off the you have to come out of the so, so he's really versatile. And then it's for the press, and he's like the first try to do. Chris Bosch, he can throw the ball across the court. So he saw him cross over Duncan, he just, he just got to the rim with these, and, and, and that was it. The game was over. So, and, and that's, oh man, like, yeah, he didn't look like he did much in that game, but he played within the game. You know, worked that game. So he didn't try to try to do too much. He just took and got whatever he wanted to get. He was five or nine, but we all know that at some point, what happens when LeBron the way to have that game? So and now that Chris Paul has made himself a threat, uh, it's going to present more problems for the Spurs because offensively, now all of a sudden they keep are starting to develop more and more weapons. But I'm 100 percent with people, Rashard Lewis. Is the, and I told you guys, Charles is the black Mike Miller in this series. <laughs> and he, he's top ten in three-pointers made in the, in the in NBA history. He's going to make it three-pointers. Ray Allen not just standing around a similar shooting three. Ray Allen is going to the rim, adding it. Ray Allen is driving to the rim. Ray Allen, Ray Allen is like a completely different player. So, offensively, everybody is doing something different than they did last year and in this series. And they're finding more and more parts of their game, and they're bringing it into this series. And we haven't seen Thomas. We haven't seen North Pole yet. Birdman hasn't really played just yet. Miami has a whole other level from what I've seen that they can go to to win this series. And I think we've seen 
the best of the Spurs up to this point. So uh, it's up to Miami to just take it from here. It's, 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 it's up to them, man. And, and you know what, Ken? Just by the numbers, I think the, the, the last game last night, uh, San Antonio shot 46% from three. They out-rebounded Miami defensively and offensive rebounding, and they had more assists, and they still lost. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we still haven't seen that Miami Heat game yet. So, you know, that could be, you know, That's another one. So. And, 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 and not even just a Miami Heat game. A LeBron staple game. He had a mm-hmm. great one last night. But we haven't seen that whole other, like, yo, like, nobody on this planet is anywhere well, near video game, game. James. You know what? You're right, people. Because LeBron last night made 35 to 10 look easy. He had 35 to 10, and it didn't even seem like it. So, <laughs> so we'll see, man. You know, it's been a great series. Uh, I've scored both games so far. Outside of the first game, I thought that was big. Anything you want to add to it, B? Oh, Spurs and Seven still. I'm still sticking <laughs> with hey, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls uh, who are listening, understand that B picked, B is the only one of us who picked uh, the Spurs. So, uh, you know, I give him, I give him props for, for sticking with us. I, I love the sweet science that the Spurs are doing, man. I, I love, I love it. I love they great team basketball. You know, what? When, I, when I watch the Spurs, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of every time when me and people go to the court, right, and then we, we see these young guys or whatever playing ball, and they like, okay, yeah, we're fast in them. We, 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 you know, we're better in shape than them. But then me and people, we be picking, setting, picking, rolling, getting easy, buggers, getting easy, buggers. They getting frustrated. They looking like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? And me and people, all me and people do is just shaking our head like, yep, yeah. all right, you know what time it is, B. All right, yeah, yeah, you know, just – it's just, it's just basketball. All we doing is playing basketball. So when I see the Spurs playing their great basketball times, I'm like, yes, I love it. I, I, lo- I love seeing stuff like that. So that's why I'm rooting for the Spurs. Cause I think of me and people out there playing against these 19, 18-year-olds, and we just, just all it is, just basic basketball, and we just killing them. Lay up, lay up, lay up. So but that's you know what I love. And I feel you. I feel you. Trust me. <laughs> I, I like watching the Spurs. You know, so at, at least, you know, in the last couple of years, more so than, like, um, when, when Duncan was more the the, the prime guy, but mm-hmm. um, you know, be out there we be whooping ass sometimes, and then sometimes here comes this one athletic dude that can nobody stop, and we just lose no matter what we do. You know what I'm saying? And, and I just think that that's LeBron, man. And San Antonio just doesn't have anybody like like what's the adjustment? Like I, I just I don't think that they can adjust. Because you because there's nothing you can do about that man. That, that that's the baddest man on the planet on, on, on the hardwood. You know what I'm saying? With, with, with basketball, you know, there's nothing you can do, man. I, I think KD's kind of close. You know, when, when you're talking about like, hey, if LeBron gets 30, we need you to get 30 something too. He can do that, but can't nobody outplay LeBron? And, and to Ken's point too, how easy the game comes to him. I, you know. I've, I haven't watched every great player in real life, but fortunately, I, I, I have been able to watch LeBron. And I tell you, after watching him, I'm watching it. I'm sitting the game. I mean, it's kind of boring, man. They, they, you know, they whooping Atlanta's ass or whatever. I look at the stats. This man got like 28, 7, and 6. I'm like, what the hell did he do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is so easy for him, man. Yo, like, like LeBron's just that guy. I, 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 I don't think San Antonio can do anything with him. Yeah, you know, and, and some. To what B was saying, man, I, 
it, it, it hurts me to, to pick against the Spurs because, you know, and I can see I, I won't because of, of the way they play. You know, I, I can see them play some theory. Uh, but, yeah, it, it kind of pains me. Oh, but, yeah, it will stop if they won in seven. But, anyway, that, it pains me because I'm such a Spurs guy. I've always been a Spurs guy, and, and – People and, and Rod Hood, man, you know, back in 06, 07, you know, 08, 09, the Spurs would always go, you know, get in the playoffs, and I was the only one over there talking about the Spurs. I know, I probably sound, sounded crazy to them because they were so fundamentally sound and they just looked boring. I was like, yeah, I got the Spurs. <laughs> you know, Spurs and six, Spurs and seven. And, you know, and, and that's how I probably sounded to them because. Who the hell is liking the Spurs? I right. know a lot of them were with the Spurs until they started playing heat in the finals, and everybody loves the Spurs. Or Tim Duncan and Twilight at the career, so all of a sudden people want to admire them from afar. But anyway, man, so, so yeah, it, you know, um, but yeah, man, I, I that it, it, they got two men, and, and they know how to win, and they they don't fall, they don't build from the pressure. But, we have five more games. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we still it's, it's not it's over still just yet. You know, to me. Let's uh, let's jump to the phone line six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Let's go to caller area code one four three. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? Caller. Yes, sir. You're on. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's up? Am I on? Yeah, yeah you're on. On. what's your name, man? It's James, man. I'm calling from Australia. James, oh, wow. hey, calling from Australia. What's going wow, on, man? Man, FIFA, FIFA, FIFA sounds disappointed, man. What's up, FIFA? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yo, Australia is dope, man. That's what's up. Yeah, this, this, um, this is the first yeah, time man. we've ever uh, been having a call from Australia. James, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Like, I love the show. Listen to it, like, every day. So, yeah. So good. So, wow. love. Uh, um, yeah, so... I just Sorry, I got to ask you. You're in Australia. What time is it in Australia right now? Um, it's, uh, 12.20, 12.25. Midday. Oh, wow. Like, um, oh, midday. midday. Okay, so you're already midday. into Tuesday. No, midday, Damn. Tuesday. Wow, yeah. that's what's mm-hmm. up. That's what's up. Yeah. What you got for us tonight, man? Uh, or today? <laughs> um, yeah. So I just wanna like uh basically what you guys said about Miami. Like beginning of the season I was I was one of the guys who was really sure like Miami wasn't gonna make it to the finals, you know? Yeah. But the way they beat uh, the playoffs and they just got to the finals, like it it's just so there's just like the way they defend as a team, the way as a, for example, in game one, we saw that they had problems like um, with the pick and roll, like San Antonio pick and roll. And in the second game, it's like, you know, like they just had it on lock, you know, like the defense was just there, closing down three-point shooters. And, you know, like we really need to give a lot of credit to Coach Spoke because he does a massive job on with that team on defense. With that being said, when they go forward, they have LeBron. Then, I mean, you just can't stop them, you know? And I don't know if the Spurs have really... They have anything else to offer. Like, that's... I think that's it. Like, we haven't seen... We can... There's nothing else for for them to 
show us, you know, like Miami has them on lock, which is why I think, as much as it aches me, I think Miami will win this in seven. Okay, okay. So you think you think the Spurs have given Miami their best shot? Yeah, that's what I think. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't. That's, that's, that's a great. That's a great analogy. What, what, do you, what did you think about um, Game One, James? What, what did you? What were your thoughts about LeBron clamp, cramping up? Uh, did you have any problem with the criticism that LeBron got, or do you think it was just? Um, the week before LeBron cramped, I played a game. I play rugby as twelve guys. Okay. I actually popped my shoulder last week, and okay. yeah. Um, I, I got cramps on my like I got hamstring cramps and calf cramps, mm. and I couldn't get onto the car when I'm coming back home. Mm. And that is not like it's not fun at all. Like it's something you just can't like you can't play through it. Like for what LeBron does in a game, he's rebounding for the team, he's he's um, running the offense, he's there on defense. You know, like he does so much. So. The criticism, to me, is unwarranted. Like, until you're actually in that position and you're cramping like that, there's no way you can actually understand the pain, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, man, he's, he's like a freak of nature. So I was I was surprised he was cramping that early. That was my only surprise. Like, he was, yeah, like seven minutes to go. That was mm-hmm. so early in the game. But either way, yeah, like, yeah. he, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know what, um, I, I think, you know, to your point, and I, something Kyle said earlier, there's no way in hell LeBron would want to come out of that game with the game in balance, with the game still in balance. Why, you know, Aiken Israel, why would he not do everything he can to get back, you know, onto the court to try to win this game? The man's all about winning right now. And, and to what you said earlier, um, James, this, you know, B used to ask me throughout the year, throughout the season, whether or not Miami was going to be back to the finals. And much like you, I, I didn't have a clear answer. I didn't know. You know, it was really hard to fail because getting to the finals four straight years in a row is it, tough. But and I and B will tell you, yeah. I, I just I had no answer. Um, but yeah, and here they are, and and they just turned it up in the playoffs, man, and and they're just winning games, and and you know, however however they. Find a way to win. They they go out and do it. So yeah, I, I feel you on that. I was the same way. And and what's funny is like Miami was last in rebounding during the regular season and in the playoffs up to playing the Pacers, and they keep winning. You know, like that's 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 not an easy feat because everyone says rebounding with championships as well. You know, like they are last in rebounding. Regular season and playoffs. Like, how do you explain that? Like, they just find a way to keep winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good. Well, point. I think that's a, that's a that's a that, that's a great point, James. And I think that's a tri- sign of a of a champion. I mean, obviously, you know, still a lot of basketball left to be played, but like you said, that speaks volumes about where Miami is and where they where they where they where they have been and where they're trying to go. Um, you, you got anything else for us tonight, man? Any, any other questions? Anything else yeah. you want to talk about? We can um, out here. Actually, I've got, I've got two things. One thing. Okay. How the hell did James Harden make the All NBA first team? Like, <laughs> I just oh, got man. my head around man. that. Man, can you believe How that? He, is he, it? he actually got voted. He got voted. I think he got a couple of votes for defensive team. I was like, what? Yeah. Who, who the hell voted exactly. him for? for 
for all defensive squad. Like he plays no defense at all. I, I didn't get that one either. I think yeah, it's Asian put him on there. <laughs> yeah, your guess is just as good as mine, man. Because I was I was scratching my head, and I think Warrior Hebrew shouldn't have been on there because I, I thought Al Jefferson had a had a had a beast year, and he took the Charlotte Bobcats to the playoffs. I thought he should have been on that yeah, NBA, on that All NBA team. Because I'm like, okay, you look at. Hilbert's numbers and it's like not good, but you look at Alex Jefferson who was falling, who took an underachieving Charlotte Bobcats to the playoffs. So I mean that that alone should say something at least. But yeah, I agree, yeah, true, I agree with you on James Harden. That James Harden, I agree with you 100. percent And then what secondly, um, uh, King was picking on me for picking Joakim Noah in my top ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did say Joakim Noah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's all, all NBA, all NBA center. King. What do you have to say about that? Man, <laughs> man, I, I, you know what I have to say about that? James Harden. That doesn't mean much of anything, man. Look, Joaquin Noah, he, he's a baller, man. The guy can play. Uh, he had a great year. Uh, top ten, man. I, I don't think he's top ten. I, I think you're reaching with that one. You, you, you're, you're a fan, but. Uh, but yeah, man, the guy can play, man. I love his energy, I love his spirit. He does a lot on the court for his team. Um, but yeah, you, you shot the hell out of me. You said so Ken Noah in your top ten. <laughs> I came out of nowhere. Yeah, and you know what? Because I think I read his list on the air. He had a dope ass list, man. But yeah, he, he Joe Kim was like the last name he had listed. We were like Joe Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I just prefer like defensive players, you know, like like players that are really good. Like defense always comes first to me, so it was natural for me. Yes, that's what's up. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, man, that's all. You got anything else, man? Yeah. No, man, that's all I have for today. Hey, well, James, we definitely appreciate you taking the time out to call us. Yeah, we definitely appreciate the love and keep supporting us. Keep supporting Dead End Hip Hop as well, man. Uh, cheers. I'm just about to go listen to, like, um, download the albums that they recently reviewed. Okay. okay. Yeah, go check them out, man. Check them out. Yeah. Let, yeah, man. Let us right. know what you think if you're on Twitter. All right. All right, man. All right, James, we'll holler at you, man. Peace. Peace. Phone number James called, area code 646-478-0356. Why, man, we worldwide, man. We were, we were worldwide reaching our straight. Shout out to James, man. He hit us up a couple weeks ago and said he was going to call in. I'm glad he got a chance to call in. Uh, we only got about, man, man, time is flying. Got about 30, seconds, yeah, no. 30 minutes left in the show. Um, I wanted to jump to, let's, let's, let's touch on, um, there's a new coach in New York City, and it's not his name is not Rex Ryan. Uh, Derek Fisher, if the name sounds familiar, you know him. He's a Laker great. Uh, spent the last couple of seasons with the Oklahoma City Thunder, including um, this past season. Uh, he just retired. Well, I, I don't even – has he put in his retirement paper? I don't even know if Derek Fisher's put in his retirement paper right. as of yet. But uh, it was announced later, uh, late this afternoon, that uh, he is finalizing the deal on a new contract to be the next head coach of the New York Knicks, uh, where he will be receiving a reportedly – uh, $25 million deal for five years. Um, 
So that got me to thinking, man. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're Derek Fisher, he's a he would. I mean, he's never had any coaching experience. Um, so the question, I, and I'll start with you first, Ken. Uh, with Fisher with the Knicks next year, do you think that that's going to convince Carmelo Anthony to stick around? No. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Um, man, he's a rookie coach, and we saw what happened with, with Jason Kidd uh, this year. Basically, he turns it around. I'll give him his props for that. Um, but uh, I, I don't think that Carmelo, looking at that, would want to take a chance with Fisher as his head coach. With the roster they currently have right now, right. So with with the kids situation, they had a better roster than the Knicks do. So them turning it around with the veterans and the level of talent they had, um, collectively, some of those guys are you know in their prime or past their prime. But that's the unit with Lopez, Aaron Williams, you know Joe Johnson. You know, uh, and and it was you know were deep on the bench. Uh, they're just a better roster to me than the Brooklyn Nets. So with that veteran leadership of a Paul Pierce and a Kevin Garnett, you know they were able to turn it around. Uh, you know, in the second half of the season, the Knicks with their roster and a head coach, I don't think that that's a situation Carmelo would like to see himself in considering the failures that they underwent last year. So now you're really, really starting over uh, from scratch, unless they make some significant changes to the roster. And we all know, considering their situation right now, that that, that, looks, uh, that doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. So, uh, no, I, I, I don't think that's going to help keep Melo there. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? What, what's what's your take? What do you think is going to ultimately happen with Melo? I, I think Melo walks, man. Um, I just think that you know, just listening to what he says, you know, he's in a, he, he he doesn't want to rebuild. He doesn't want to retool. He wants to compete next year. Um, you know, and and he said that he's willing to take less. So he's saying all of the right things. So let's see if the actions match the words. But, um, you know, seeing his other draft mates, you know, team up, you know, I, I really think Melo's going to go. And I don't think that Fisher is the type of coach that's like, well, damn, okay, let me stay here. Um, but I don't think that Jay Kidd is a good barometer, mainly because Jay Kidd had to instill his own offensive and defensive systems, including the culture. You know, I think that the culture in New York, obviously, with James Dolan as owner, is always going to be somewhat catastrophic. But, you know, you, you've added some stability, um, at least perceived stability, with Phil Jackson. And you already know what kind of offense is going to be ran. And you kind of know what defense is already going to be ran. So I, I think that this is kind of a ready-made job for Fisher, where Jay Kidd has to, you know, really start from scratch. Like, that's all mm-hmm. Jay Kidd. Um, but, again, it's not enough to keep Melo uh, because next year, regardless of whatever moves they do, who they trade for, who they, what contracts they give, they're, they're not competing for a championship. And realistically, it's going to be about three to four years until they're realistically competing for a championship. You know, So I don't think that Melo has that 
that amount of time. So I've been saying it. I've been saying it for years, and everybody that listens to that sports knows why I think Melo should go. Come home to Chicago, man, because that's where <laughs> that, that, that's where he's gonna really like make more of an impact, you know, in his career. Because with just the way that the players play for Thibodeau defensively, man, Melo comes in there scoring twenty five their championship. And then you add a healthy D Rose and you add, you know, all of these other pieces. I'm not saying that they'll win next year, but they should at least make the the, the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. You know? And um to me that's progression. You know, so maybe Melo doesn't win it next year in Chicago, but I think, you know, the year or two after, I think they'll probably be the favorites, depending on what happens with LeBron. Oh, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I think that's gonna be key, man. I, I, I I just can't see him coming back into a rebuilding process, which is what you know, is going to take place in New York, and um, and it's uh, you know it, it's unfortunate because I think you know and and I know Phil wants to get his people in there because you know your new GM you know that's one of the reasons why he got rid of Mike Woodson, um, but I just. I can't see Carmelo sticking around for. I mean, do it to play with J.R. Smith and run the run the triangle with J.R. Smith? I, nah, I just <laughs> and Amari. Nah, and and what's unfortunate is for the Knicks is that they just don't have the draft picks. You know, some teams can move. I mean, this is a pretty good draft, all things considered. You know, as far as the NBA is concerned, it's a pretty good draft. Uh, they don't have the draft picks to move around, and you know that they're not as cash strapped cash strapped as they were in years past. But, you know, they don't have the ability to move around financially. And, you know, if you're another free agent, you know, are you going to go, you know, go try and play with Melo when you get no guarantees that he's going to be there? Um, it's a mess. I mean, hey, Derek Fisher, more power to you. I mean, and I think it's going to be tough, too, for him because no matter what, and we all know this, in the city of New York, uh, it's, you know they have high expectations, even when the team isn't that good. They have high expectations for what they think Nick basketball should be, and um, you know when they don't get it, you know it's, it's a rebuilding price. And, and I don't know, you know, the, how patient Nick fans will be. You know, and I mean obviously the the, the, the specter of Phil Jackson and you know one of Phil's disciples coaching the team is something that's big for them. But at the same time, you know, Phil is not going to be able to help them out on a you know. January road trip to the West Coast. Um, he's the GM. He's not the coach. So, you know, can guys come in and buy into what D. Fish is talking about? I don't know. But um, it's going to be interesting to see because I don't know how many roster moves you can make with the roster that they have. And ultimately, the Knicks probably will be coming back with most of the team that they had last year, this past season. So, they, you know, didn't make the playoffs. They weren't far from the playoffs, but I mean, they weren't a threat to anybody. And if they'd gotten, if they'd made the playoffs, they would have gotten knocked out in the first round anyway. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, phone number to call in: area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. I am your host, Twelve Kyle. This is the Dead End Sports Show, joined by my partners. You know them from Dead End Hip Hop, B, Ken, and FIFO. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. Um, next question I have for you guys. Uh, here recently, late last week, there was a report that came out and which eventually aired on Outside the Lines 
uh, about the university basketball team in North Carolina. Um, as you all know, uh, Rashad McCants was a star on the 2004 national championship team. Um, he was the second leading scorer. Uh, Rashad McCants came out and said, hey, you know, they basically told, you know, told him that, you know, all he had to do was just show up and play. Uh, he said, he said in a documentary on that aired on Outside the Lines that he, in, in so many words, did not have to go to class, um, that he took one class to stay eligible, and the, the title of the class was African American Studies. Um, in that particular class, he did not show up for class. He said the only thing you had to do was, at the end of the year, turn in a, uh, a research paper, and you were fine. Problem was, according to Rashad McCants, he didn't write the paper. He said his tutor wrote the paper. And he said that was a well-known fact uh, throughout the athletic department was that, you know, that was a class that you could take to stay eligible because it was an easy A. Um, he also revealed in his um, in a documentary that, you know, his grades, he said he had C's and D's and, a, and an F. So it sounds to me like he took the class to remain eligible. Now, if you were familiar with North Carolina football, they just recently had an academic scandal where there was widespread cheating and things of that nature, and they're under under investigation as well, an independent investigation as well. So, all kind of academic issues are going through going going on right now at uh, at North Carolina, or had been going on at North Carolina. Uh, definitely a black eye for the school. So, the question I have, and I'll start with you, FIFO, as far as this fiasco, because McCants is, I mean, we've heard. Former players and former athletes in schools come out and say, well, hey, you know, I, I did this at school or they didn't do this for me at school or what have you. The question I have is, is that whose fault is this? Because a lot of people, some people are blaming Rashad McCants for snitching, for dry snitching. Some people are, are blaming, you know, North Carolina for not taking care of its own. Um, so the question I have is, and like I said, I'll start for, with you, FIFO, who do you blame for the fiasco at UNC? Um, that simple, man, is UNC. Um, okay. Because if this wasn't at all happening, there would be no story. So obviously there's something happening. Uh, Rashad McCann, how is he at fault? He just took advantage of the system. You can't blame me because this is what you've been doing. You know, so um, I, I'm not definitely not blaming the player. I'm not blaming the coach. Because that's not necessarily the coach's job. Coach's job is just to make sure, hey, are you eligible? Are you good? You know, you need to talk to somebody. I'm here. And then if you're good on that end, then let's get on this basketball court and I'm about to ring you and I'm about to cut you out and we about to, you know, make you a better basketball player. And in the process, hopefully you become a better man as well. Um, that's not on the coach. I think that's all on the university and the institution. Um, you know, they probably institutionalized that. And because they are probably the most prominent and well-known bas- college collegiate basketball uh, team, mainly because of, you know, who, number 23, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there is a certain type of prestige that they have to keep. And let's be honest, you know, like, th- this isn't anything new. You know, I was listening to Colin Cowherd the other day. He had Jeff Saturday, former center for the uh, Indianapolis Colts on, and he was like, you know, there was a Big Ten player that he never went to class. Never went to class. So this, this is not brand new. This is not brand new. You know, UNC's just trying to, you know, shove all of this dookie up under the rug so, you know, they, they don't have any more sanctions and all this and all that. But at the end of the day, of course this is happening. And if there's anybody to blame, it's UNC. It, it's not the players. You know, the players didn't create it. 
The players aren't like, hey, well, you know, this is what you guys need to do so we can play. No, nah, they went there. There's, this is the system. Okay, look, you're struggling with your class. Take all of these classes. And that's it. You know, so, uh, man, come on, man. This, this, this is simple. It's open and shut. It's UNC's issue. It's UNC's problem. They're the one at fault. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Who, who, who takes the fall for this? I mean, Roy Williams issued a statement. Uh, Roy Williams was, I don't think Roy Williams initially uh, recruited Rashad McKenzie. If I'm not mistaken, it was Matt, it was uh, Brad, I want to say Matt Doherty, I'm sorry. Uh, but they obviously won the national championship under Roy's watch. Uh, so who's at fault, man? The school officials like Roy Williams, the coaches, or, uh, or, or Rashad McKenzie individually? Man, why McCann snitching, dog? Um, why, why is he snitching? You know, that's, <laughs> uh, what's his angle? Is he suing the school? What's his purpose behind going public with this information? Because I haven't had a chance to really read up on the story, so this oh, is my first bad. time. It's bad, man. Is he suing them for something? No, he's not suing them, but here's the thing. He I, he didn't get his degree there. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he is playing ball overseas, so he's still playing. But if you know anything about Rashad McCants, he he's a little off. I mean, he he's literally like a little off. Not Ron Artest off, but, <laughs> but he's a little off. I mean, he went as far as to tell a reporter that the reason why he wasn't in the NBA anymore – was because of Roy Williams. Um, and I don't know how your college coach can affect you not being in the NBA. I mean, at some point in time, you got to look at yourself and say, hey, maybe I'm not as talented as I need to be to be in the NBA. But it, it's, it's bad, Ken. It, it's real. It, it, the, the outside lines, I'm pretty sure you can find it on um, ESPN's website, but it aired Sunday. And, I mean, he snitching ain't even the word. I mean, he dropped down real bad. Um, This is problematic um, for, for uh, this reason right here. Um, the problem with what the university did in this situation that they're exposed, you know, that McCann's is exposing uh, is preventing players from having careers outside of the NBA when in the case of Rashad McCann's situation, he doesn't have one. So <laughs> what do you fall back on afterwards? You know, so in the case of um, McCann, he's able to go overseas and play overseas and probably hopefully make the right decisions with his money and be able to sustain himself after his playing career is done. But what, ha- what has happened up to this point is what if he wasn't able to do that? What if he had an injury? What if whatever this university or whatever Matt Doherty told him, you know, he built his, the rest of his life on those promises that were made, and he neglected to obtain an education mm-hmm. that would be able to help him out in case he blew out of knee, like right. Sean Livingston did when he was playing, right? So um, I got to look at, even though, I, you know, look, that. I was joking about the snitching a little bit, but, but like, I got to look at the league, man, because uh, – not the league, but, but these colleges, because you are hampering players and athletes from building sustainable careers outside of professional sports. 
because we all know the percentages of college players that make it to the NBA and make it to the NBA right. have careers is slim to none, right? So when you bring these guys in, you give them free education, but you don't give them a free education. You give them some boo-boo class that they take and, and go play and, 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 you know, live this lifestyle. You're, you're affecting those players. And as a default, you're affecting the communities that they don't have a chance to contribute to or whatever systems that they ultimately sometimes end up, you know, uh, siphoning off of because, you know, they, they were trying to build a career off of uh, a hope and a dream. You know, we'll take it. So, you know, the universities, man, and we've all known we've had professional dead sports multiple times on how the universities are, you know, using these teenagers to build these enterprises up. And one of my right. arguments has always been they have a career in the education. But in this particular case, Rashard McCann don't have that. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden they choose this guy to win a national championship in 2005, and what did he get out of it outside of a free career in the NBA and a career overseas? So um, we all know what's going on. I would like to see the league. You know, oh, the, shit. You know, toughen up and and, uh, and put their foot down, but they they make too much money, man. They they're not going to do anything. They're going to expect this to blow over as usual. What about you, B? What's your take on it? I'm sorry, I got kind of sidetracked watching this damn PlayStation Four E3. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm with Ken, man. Like, why why are you, like, snitching? Like, I thought, like, when you get into this program, it's, it's supposed to be, like, a type of brotherhood that you're supposed to have, you know, amongst the university. Of course, I mean, when this happened, I was like, well, okay, this this probably been going on for way before we was born in colleges, you know, with athletes, right. being, you know, being a top athlete in your football team or your basketball team. A, a lot of these dudes probably didn't even touch a pen or pencil throughout their years of playing for their university. So it's kind of like a, like I said, it's kind of like almost like a coat. It's like, why would you snitch on your own coat when you know that we know it's been going on for for all these years? So it's almost, like Ken said, it's like, what is your motive out of this for, for, for coming up and stepping up and saying this damn near 10 years later since y'all won a national championship? Why would you bring this up, you know, now? Why not bring this up when it was happening? If you want to bring more awareness to the, you know, to what's going on in the university. So my thing is, like, dude, don't snitch. Why are you snitching? It's supposed to be a brotherhood. Like, was between you, your your, um, your coach, university, everybody. So I don't like the fact that he's snitching. Like I said, when I heard about this, I'm like, okay, what? tell me something I don't know about what's going on with the athletes and, and you know, high-profile athletes playing the university. So it was just kind of like, damn, dude, you going to snitch on your, on your university like that after they – you know, gave you a, a scholarship, doing all this for you to protect your name and stuff, and then you're going to snitch on them. So I don't like it. I agree with Ken. I want to know what his motive behind is. What, what, what is he seeking to, to, for snitching? That's true. That's, that's a good point. What about you, FIFA? What's, what's your take on it, man? Can oh, you hear me, Yeah, you already asked FIFA. Okay, my bad, my bad. I'm... I'm yeah, yeah, my bad. I'm I'm in and out. Um, doing so many things over here. I think it's uh I think it's unfortunate, man. I, I don't know at this point, I don't know his motive behind it because normally like you said, Ken, normally there's a motive behind it. Normally there's somebody has something to say or, you know, you got some type of angle, you know, you there's a lawsuit pending or something like that. 
Uh, in this case, man, it doesn't appear that Rashad McCants wants anything from the University of North Carolina. Um, the athletic director even came out and made a statement and said, hey, you know, I would prefer to speak with him as opposed to, you know, him speaking outside the lines if, you know, if he wanted to talk about anything that happened when he was here at the University of North Carolina because it's an ongoing investigation. They want to get to the bottom of it. Um, I, I, I'll say this, man. I don't – it's a lot of people that's going to blame Rashad McCants. I blame the university. Man. I blame the university. I blame Roy Williams because I know for a fact that, you know, and there are guys in just about every program, you know, especially football where they don't go to class. But the thing about it is if you've got 100 student athletes uh, on, on a team, on a football team, it may be a little bit hard to police. But, you know, it's only 12, 15 guys on a basketball team. And for it to be a situation where this guy wasn't going to class and was taking a taking a specific class so that he could pass the eligible, I mean, I got a problem with that because, you know, what happens is we're, we're the, you know, you have to look at it in the aspect of, from North Carolina's perspective, they're the adults. So when the, when you're the adult, you have to know better and do better. You can't put this in, it can't be incumbent upon the 19 or 20 year old child. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying that Rashad McCants and any other kid that was at North Carolina is absolved from that because they know what they were doing. That being said, universities making money hand over fist. You know, I, one of my boys got into we we got into this discussion and he said, well Rashad McCants was the 14th player drafted in the league. You know why is he making no? You know he benefited from it. North Carolina benefited from it. It was a win win. And I said, well no, it's not a win win. I said because. Eventually, he's not going to be able to play ball. Eventually, he's not going to have an education. So, you know, what's he going to fall back on? How is he going to be marketable? Outside of his basketball prowess, what can he do? And I'm not saying that Rashad, Rashad McCann could be a rocket scientist for all I know. But, you know, it just it, it, it you just don't know. Uh, we got a caller. Let me jump to the line real quick. Right here in the A, 404. You're in the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? God. What up, God? God. What up, what up, what up? Raw Dog Buffalo. What's up, man? Man, you know I was enjoying the show, drinking my beverage, you know, of preference. I told you I was enjoying the show, bro, but, you know, you know, I, I called in. You know, I listen to y'all. I love and shit. You know, I got a new phone, so I lost all my old links and shit. You know, that black right, right, girl right. from 2006. You know, I, I miss it. I had it, you know, really where I can be tracked and everything. Now I got one of these new HTCs. But, you know, that said, you know, I... To me, it's not blaming anybody. I don't, you know, okay. first of all, I don't believe in the such thing as snitching. If you tell the truth, you tell the truth. That's my premise. I mean, nobody said anything about Elgin Baylor when he criticized Donald Sterling 14 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We have to yeah, that's true. Number two, as a parent, you should appreciate this man telling you what's up. I mean, the problem with us, me collectively, is that we uh, value athletics more than academics. You know, you sure. know how mm-hmm. my son, you remember, he had, a, he had a baseball scholarship to South Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Remember, we had mm-hmm. a conversation when I said his friends con- condemning him because he didn't want to play. He got the, when he got the, uh, the the 1800 on the SAT and the 31 on the ACT, he was getting from Princeton academic. His friends was looking down at him for not taking the athletic scholarship. And I was like, bro, you know, don't, don't trip off that. But as parents, we need to understand that this is a new dynamic. When I was in school, you know, I graduated from Morehouse in 84, but I'm just saying, you know, when my uncle then was in school, you know, playing ball, they went to black schools. You know, all right. they graduated. They all had real degrees. I mean, Jim Brown, Deacon Jones, all them boys. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't go. They couldn't go to the white school, so it was a different dynamic. And for us to sit here and criticize, motive aside, 
the reality is, is that we are filling into this plantation mentality. I mean, we get mad at Donald Sterling for calling somebody black, but the bigger issue is why do we have these cities where we have these stadiums that take black folks' tax money and subsidize the building of the stadiums, but we got the poorest education system in the world where if our kids do do anything, they're going to go play sports. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I think the McCants issue shows a deep and transient uh, 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 system of exploitation that we, you know, unfortunately pay into. You know, I don't think it's anything wrong 10, 12 years down the line telling what's going on, bro. I mean, you know, we all write memoirs. Hillary Clinton just wrote one. You know what I'm saying? But right. in the long term, the issue is what do we do as parents? I mean, I know parents today, man, who only look at academics so their kids can keep playing sports, bro. I mean, right, seriously. Right, right. And, and one that's of the problem things because what happens when your child, you know, and, and it, it could have been that situation like that for, for McCass, wherein he's playing. And I, don't trust, I don't know about y'all. Y'all doing a bit of the doubt. I don't trust no cracker with my kid, bro. That's just where I get out. I was spit on. I was spit on when I was five years old, getting on a bus in Memphis with my mama. Dude called me nigga. My mama took the Kleenex out and washed my face and said, "You ain't no nigga." You know, I was passing out signs at Reverend Kyle's church the night before Martin Luther King died. You know what I'm saying? So I got to look at a whole different looking on this shit, man. And yeah, you know, I yeah. just don't feel that exploitation should be subsidized through our beliefs of snitching or what he got to gain or what he got to lose. If he can have any other black parent in the future, if he can tell the truth and keep them from exploiting our kids, then, you know, it's a benefit. It's a win for us. You know, the question is, will we facilitate that through the discussion of seeing how important academics is because as a whole, we don't see that. We don't push academics. You know, niggas laugh at me because I was like, you know, nothing less than a 95 is except in my house. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, when I was coaching basketball, my son came home with a with a, a B minus. You ain't going to let him start? You know, we going to, we, we up in Connecticut. No, that nigga brought home with B minus. You know the rule. And all the right. parents <laughs> mad at me and I'm the coach. You know what I'm saying? They mad at me. And that's I'm got to be, and, and that's and that's that's what you're talking about. Just taking responsibility for it. Um, but man, we got we we up against the time, man. Raw, man. As well, always, I, know, I was man. listening Thanks to you, man. man. You, till you texted me twice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I told hey, you we were going to talk show, about fellas. it, man. Keep I it up, though. Keep it up, So I'm glad you did. I, I locked the link in. I locked the number in. But great show, fellas. You know. But next okay. time, I'm just gonna listen unless you you harass me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I know you. Right, I know you. I know you're big on education, so I know you wanted to get in on that. Yeah, yeah, love. Hey, ain't nothing love, y'all, man. Keep it up, though. But I mean, really, though, we need to reinforce the fact that you know, outside of our households, other people will exploit our kids, especially our young boys, and we just got to be cognizant of that. That's all I'm gonna say, bro. Love y'all. Be good, folks. Hey, one love, one love. Yeah. Thanks for coming, there, Raw. Appreciate you. Appreciate all right, it. Phone number, Raw called area code six four six. Seven eight zero three five six. Man, we get notification. We got about ninety seconds left in the show. Man, gotta thank my man Raw Dog for calling in. Shout out to my man James for calling in all the way from Australia. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the love. Um, we're going to be back next Monday just because of the NBA Finals. Because, like I said, we don't want to compete against the NBA Finals. But the great part about being back next week is that we'll have what two more games to talk about. Um, so we'll be talking about game, in game four, and we will see if me and FIFO and Ken are right and B is wrong. Because um, <laughs> he says he, he's sticking with the uh, game with, with San Antonio in, in seven, so we'll see what happens. Um, once again, big shout-out to my man, Modest Media. 
uh, for tying the knot this past weekend. Uh, make sure that you support Dead End Sports, Dead End Hip Hop. Uh, go check out those videos. Uh, pass the word on both. Pass the word, pass the word, pass the word. Um, so, like I said, we'll be back next Monday right here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're still going to keep trying to do this Google Hangout. We'll have it up and running. Uh, I don't know how much recorded tonight or not, but it's all good. Um, nevertheless, that's going to do it for this week, man, for Ken, for B, for FIFO. I'm your host, Swamp Kyle. We'll holler at you guys next week. Peace. Peace. And stop pitching to Big Poppy. <laughs> they probably killed him last night. Poppy. <laughs>